even more people realize that their gut lining is quite out of whack. <laughs> <laughs> the more research is, is going coming up from, from the leaky gut, the more we understand how, how it's actually behind in, in many things related to different kind of diseases and inflammation and, and like yeah. brain related disorders and so on. Do you want to know what it is? Body, mind, empowerment. Get stronger, faster, smarter, quicker, friendlier, more helpful, more driven. Everything the body needs. Control your mind. Welcome to the Body Mind Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host Seamland and our guest today is Olli Sovjärvi. Olli is a medical doctor and one of the pioneers of holistic medicine in Finland. He is also a speaker, consultant and one of the authors of the Biohackers Handbook. Olli, welcome to the show. Thanks, thanks, Sim. It's a pleasure to be here again. Yeah, you were uh, on the podcast on one of the like earlier episodes of the podcast, maybe like a year ago or something. And I, I yeah. think yeah, it, it was like one and a half years ago. And yeah. I, I remember uh, I was outside, <laughs> yeah. outside speaking to you. So yeah, you were really yeah, yeah. immersed immersed in nature, getting the elements. Yeah, yeah, that was that was also fun. But now we are in the biohacker center office. In, in a natural, not so natural environment, but hey. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Uh, we've been also like uh, meeting face to face a lot of times over the past year. Uh, but I think the last time we met, we were in uh, Biohacker Summit Toronto. So, yes. uh, what have you been up to like since that time? Yeah, it, it seems like forever, even though it's, it was like the last October, mm. uh, the Toronto event so we've been launching our biohackers handbook which is finally now out in english and it's it's been mm-hmm. going really really well it's been sold over 60 countries all around nice. the world so every every continent and nice. the feedback has been just amazing and so so that's that's like the main main storyline for yeah, today it, it, it's been a bestseller in finland already like a few years i think yeah it, it was uh Released uh, in 2016, or uh, late late 2016, I went immediately into the best-selling uh, like science science book. So it's it's been selling close to 20,000 copies, nice. which which in Finnish scale, it's it's pretty. <laughs> That's remarkable. a pretty good one. Yeah. I also yeah. have like the physical copy of the English English book. I don't know how how you can see it, but yeah, uh, it's a pretty big pretty big book. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can actually grab it and just show it in, in the in, in the first shot. Just give me a minute. Yeah. Boom. So uh, here's the book. It's quite thick. It actually weighs like 2.2 kilograms. <laughs> so you can do some <laughs> exercise with it. So uh, it's it's uh, we wanted we wanted to make like a piece of art. So it's just not like a regular book. It's it's the print quality and everything, like inside all the pictures and stuff. It's it's nice. like super super high quality. Um, I think I think since the last time we talked, you also uh, quit your uh, medical doctor's job and you're like doing full full time uh, other things. So why did you make this decision? That's a, yeah, very very important decision which I had been thinking about like past three, four years. So it wasn't like 
snappy in the moment decision, yeah. but I was downgrading my my appointment with the patients just to focus fully on spreading out the message in, in preventive healthcare and, and biohacking. So it's been freed up, freed up, I would say like a 40 to 50 percent more time for me to do this and create more content and and high high quality web courses and so on. So it's it was quite um, I don't know difficult decision, but you know when you jump in from like steady steady source of income into being an entrepreneur and uh, living with uh, uncertainty and are you gonna sell or are you gonna sell? So that's that's been one of one of the things, but. Um, stress-wise and, and how I feel my quality of life is at the moment is just to the roof so <laughs> I, I feel feel much much better now mm. and I can also share my experience and knowledge on, on preventive healthcare. Yeah, yeah. You, you do have like a lot of experience from your like medical practice so to say years and years. Yeah what? I have like 15 years of, of practice from various fields and like from emergency situations and being on call like all the time into mm. more holistic one, one, one and a half hour appointments with the patients. So I've seen the whole, whole spectrum. So that's, that's been a uh, part of creating what, what I am today. So, right. What would, what are the, like the biggest problems your patients used to deal with in their life and health? Uh, well, the biggest problem is always lack of energy and, and that's, because people are so tired, so that's that's like that's like the main main cause. So energy energy crisis in a sense, mitochondrial dysfunction. So that's that's usually the reflection of all kinds of different reasons for that. So there might be like hormonal disruptions, gut disruptions, uh, like uh, environmental uh, exposures to different kind of uh, toxins and, and so on. So usually it's it's uh, multiple things together uh, but the main main like number one reason is t- is being tired and fatigued like mm. chronically so yeah that's, it is uh, so true like it's like a culmination of so many things in our environment like the toxins uh, the the really fast-paced lifestyle stress information poor nutrition not enough sleep too much coffee those things <laughs> they, yeah, they all of those exactly. things create create this sort of a chronic fatigue uh, syndrome in people mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I, I can totally relate to that because I was uh, myself also in, in a chronic fatigue situation because of like various things, overworking, like uh, chronic stress and overtraining and, uh, and exposing to different like environmental toxins and, and so on. So it's, it's been also a journey for me in the past decade to heal myself and then, then like learning everything I can mm. around these topics so it's it's a, it's a kind of uh putting different systems together in in the meta system to mm. really realize what's going on what kind of changes have you made like uh to uh, lower your stress well first off i cut off like the work <laughs> workload in, into half and then again into half and you know it's just <laughs> because it, it, it was like at the worst times it was like 80 to 100 hours per mm. week wow of uh, continuous stressful work so I've been cutting that down and also cutting down training when when I used to be do that so I used to, used to train like six six times per week add on to that hundred mm-hmm. hours yeah, yeah. 
okay. and uh, you, of course you can uh, count from there how much sleep I actually did get so it's like five five and a half hours max per night so it was a kind of a witch cycle so I had to drop off many things just 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 to uh, fix this stuff so of course I had gut issues and my HPA axis the, the hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis was out of whack and mm. autonomic nervous system if I had had that time my HRV measurement it, it, <laughs> I think mm. it would have been like super low right. so, so many many things right. I've been eating quite well like all the time of course adaptogenic herbs and different kind of supplement and, and like recovery regimes for for recovering from from the HPX dysfunction mm. and, and so on so mm. a lot of a lot of things and that's that also was one of the keys that inspired me and, and my colleagues to write the Viacross handbook just to create a, a system or like a manual for right. human health because many people they have no idea what's, what's actually good for me or, or is it this this diet or that diet so yeah. our approach is no diet it's, it's just about how you like relate yourself to food and, and there are better options and worse options and so on mm. yeah so yeah maybe let's maybe go through some of the like main principles uh, of you know optimizing yourself and uh, managing your stress so uh, what did you do for maybe like sleep uh, what would you say? How, how can people optimize their sleep and uh, heal themselves? Mm. Well, um, I remember back in two thousand seven, I think I began doing like mindfulness practices and like guided meditations. It was uh, back in that time. It was uh, Eckhart Tolle's meditation for a New Earth CD that really got me into like actually feeling what's going on in my body so it increased my body awareness and i realized that i have no connection the mind body connection like really how, how you actually feel like in your hand or right. in your legs or heart or so on so I, I began like increasing the body awareness and becoming like more embodied into my my whole being and from there i just I just practiced it every night. Uh, I acquired this uh, spike mat, <laughs> which really Acupunct is acupuncture mat. Uh, acupuncture mat, like like uh, helping to increase oxytocin and endorphins and so on. It was really helpful and like implementing uh, one thing after another, and also like uh, just increasing my sleep time. Uh, I quit the the insane working schedule. <laughs> And just began sleeping more and more and more, and it, it was a multiple-year journey to just recover. And also, of course, I, I have been like very interesting in supplements. So I, I've tried many things, and even back in like ten years, ten years ago, I implemented magnesium and like zinc and, and uh, this this like ZMA product that was. Was, that was uh, supposed to like elevate your testosterone levels and mm -hmm. from there on just like fixing different kind of nutritional issues and also uh, I did uh, em emotional uh, work I went to go I went to see like uh, different kind of therapists in different uh, 
time frame. So I, I think I took like two years of psychoanalysis. And then after that, like Gestalt therapy. And after that, I took one year hypnotherapy with like 20 different sessions to go mm-hmm. into the subconscious mind and many different different kind of uh, therapy uh, sessions and also combined with meditation. Mm-hmm. Different yeah. kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, like stress is like a multifaceted thing. It's uh, like a lot of a lot of it has to do with your gut, and a lot of it has to do with your you know workload, but also like emotions and uh, the general mindfulness. They also play a quite a crit- critical role in uh, mm-hmm. how stressed out you feel during a day and how fast you're going to recover and uh, how much energy you have. And of course, like I believe that sleep is one of those things that most people tend to take advantage of and they don't really pay that much attention to it. It's one of those easiest things that gets put on the back burner and uh, like most people mm. don't take it that seriously. Sleep is the best medicine you can <laughs> possibly get. Yeah. And also like, uh, I would say if, if you had to choose, uh, sleep would be number one, then like fresh air, mm. just like nature, nature, pure air. Those are like the two of the most important things I, I think just began healing yourself so uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like uh, a lot I've seen on social media and uh, on Facebook uh, people the, those people who have quantified their sleep with some different trackers like or or something uh, sometimes they notice that uh, once they got the ring then initially their deep sleep is pretty low and they don't get mm. barely any, any at all uh, are there any specific things people can do to increase their deep sleep and go into like the deeper stages of recovery. Yeah, th- this is very very good question. Uh, and I've been, I've been actually lately hacking my sleep into a point that I get an on average of two hours of deep sleep, uh, according to Aura. Mm-hmm. Aura ring. Uh, it was like it was pretty good. It was like one hour twenty five minutes uh, back then. But then I uh, began like concentrating on more and more on deep sleep so of course the basics basic things that deep sleep happens in the early part of the night so if you're like waking up in the early parts of the night it's going to disrupt that and that's usually due to heavy stress heavy load because your liver is it's, it's usually most active like in the, in the 1 to 3 p.m and and it, it might wake you up mm. and also blood sugar regulation issues if it, if it drops like very quickly it will like wake you up uh, yeah a little bit of adrenaline just to, like elevate the blood sugar so uh, this this is a multifaceted question also because i would concentrate on so many things but the stress management being the most crucial part of this and just like uh, creating time to relax before going into sleep so you mm-hmm. just don't rush into bed and think that you are now now in, in a relaxed state mm-hmm. it might it might take like two three four hours even just to wind the system down and also just concentrating on on of course you want to be in the sympathetic mode more or less during the day but towards the night go more into the parasympathetic mode right so yeah. what I what I do I have, I have evening routines I I take like uh, I have infrared sauna which is pretty relaxing uh, I take some cold showers and just like concentrate on on relaxing myself and mm-hmm. not not to do too much thinking mm-hmm. but uh, but how to biohack the deep sleep in itself 
there are very critical elements that I've been noticing. Magnesium, probably the most important in, in supplement wise. Yeah, I, I use this Finnish Finnish brand that it's combining three different magnesiums. It, it has magnesium malate, which is good for energy production. Magnesium taurate, it's good for the nervous system and the GABA production, and also magnesium magnesium glycinate which has similar effects on, on, on the taurine and the taurate. It's good mm -hmm. for also the liver. So you get these amino acids that are really important for, for, for the deep sleep and also rejuvenating and, and the liver function. So uh, I would go and like play with the dose. I, I even use like one gram of magnesium wow. in day. I, I feel really stressed. And nice. I, I re recommend like uh, the dosage should be like uh, 10 milligrams per uh, body weight mm -hmm. at like at like maximum level. So for me, it's, it's around like 150, even 200. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's uh, yeah. Thousand. Yeah. What, yeah about, and, uh, what, what about some, uh, you mentioned that the liver ten, can potentially wake you up in the middle of the night if you have like some blood sugar mm -hmm. ups and downs. So what kind of a uh, food uh, what or what kind of a dinner should they, should people eat to prevent themselves from waking up? In the night, mm. uh, yeah. But the whole the eating patterns of the whole day actually affect your sleep. Okay. So so if you have like a lot of blood sugar fluctuation throughout the day, mm. it, it's gonna be like staying more or less like that. So uh, what I would concentrate is high quality like amino acid containing protein sources that are high in taurine and, and like uh, tyrosine and and also like phenylalanine just to support the melatonin mm -hmm. processing and also like dopamine and, and serotonin and, and so on just to create a good environment for your brain and body to go to sleep. Uh, if you're eating carbohydrates, I would like eat them in the evening. Not, not too, not, not like sugars, but like low glycemic right. index, high fiber, carbohydrates that's what i do even though i i stay on ketosis but i i still use some carbohydrates in the evening. yeah and there was carbs in the evening and like help it to sleep by you know releasing serotonin and actually causing yeah. like a small hypoglycemic response where you simply want to pass out <laughs> yeah exactly and, and when you actually fall into sleep and you go into deep sleep the blood sugar is actually going up like 10 percent so you want to go into deep sleep, so that helps you regulate the blood sugar more stable, mm. more stably. So when it goes up like a ten percent, then it slowly starts to get down, like into the baseline level. Okay. So, so the more, the better your uh, blood sugar regulation is, the less likely you are about to wake up because of these fluctuations. And I actually measured this, uh, had this two-week experiment with with. Uh, um, continuous blood sugar me me measurement device in, in my arm and I play with different things and I, I noticed that okay this this kind of things uh, work for me and it went really down it went like into below four nanomoles per liter in, in the evening but it stayed there and it, at night it was like 3.7 3.8 but there were no like drops so if I had noticed like a quick drop that's usually signal okay not now there's something going on you have to wake up there's a danger you're not you're going to die because you're not getting any energy so 
focusing really during the whole day to optimize your blood sugar. So that's really going to help also in the evening and in the night. So you have to see a little, it a little like longer perspective on on this sense. So right, yeah, it's. I I think I feel like uh, simply, you you do want to promote the aspect of keto adaptation so that your your body would still get enough energy during the night because if you are only like able to burn carbohydrates and you're on this uh, glucose burning mode, then you're inevitably going to run out of that glucose in the middle of the night and that's when your body is going to wake you up and get get energy to the brain. But if you have like sufficiently keto adapted then uh, you're, you're, you can still run on your own body fat and your brain can still get the energy. So, yeah, you, you don't necessarily have to be like in ketosis all the time, but maintaining this metabolic flexibility and being able to tap into ketosis faster, that's going to help you to sleep better because you don't like uh, go into an energy crisis in the middle of the night. Definitely. That's, that's, that's a hugely important point. So you want to educate your biochemistry and your system into into like switch between different sources of fuel okay now ketones okay now glucose and and so on or amino acids and so you want to be like like a chameleon like uh, changing your color and okay now i'm in this environment okay yeah, exactly i don't I, I don't get food i don't get to eat food in 10 hours i don't die and i'm, <laughs> I'm okay so 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 you want to be learning or t- more like teaching your body into being more resilient in, in these kind of situations. So I was definitely like not keto adapted back back in the days, and, uh, and I, I had really difficult times in sleeping, and I, I used to wake up like I don't know ten ten times per night, and uh, I went went eating and like snacking daytime, and wow. that that was that was just crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What are there any like specific uh, supplements besides magnesium that you that you also find to help with sleep or like general uh, relaxation or stress management? Yeah, I, I use uh, extra amino acid taurine, so that's that's really helpful for the GABA production, and also taurine has been researchable mostly in in animals, but it's it's really like uh, mitochondrial pro- protective and it protects the eyes and, and new like neuro- neurons mm-hmm. uh, you know in, in itself so it's I, I like taurine like 1000 2000 milligrams also at night and i also use phosphatidylserine which is uh, being shown to like um, regulate and, and lower cortisol levels so it, if you have been having like a very stressful day and you've been working out and exercising 600 to 800 milligrams of phosphatidylserine has been shown to dramatically actually elevate testosterone levels and also lower cortisol levels. Mm. So that means that you're you're going to be having more natural curve of the, of the cortisol curve and, and, and not like all all the time elevated. So those mm. those I've been playing with. And if you want to use melatonin, uh, this might sound a bit like weird, but I would use only like very small amounts like uh, 0.3 milligrams or even lower mm-hmm. just to support the normal physiological levels mm-hmm. of melatonin so people use like 10 times even 20 times uh, amount yeah. of that and what i've noticed uh, and many many people I've, I've been spoken to they actually sleep better with the smaller dosage so mm-hmm. that might be counterintuitive but that's that's actually been working very well mm-hmm. and also some like relaxing herbs with uh, melissa is really good and 
passion flower is, is, is another very good uh, one. So you might want to play with these kind of uh, natural remedies. Yeah. Oh, and, when, and when would you take them? Like how much, how many hours before bed? Uh, about like uh, one hour before before going to sleep and usually gonna, you're going to be start feeling the effects uh, at around 30 minutes. So, so it's, it's very easy to go to sleep. Mm-hmm. But yeah. of course, if your nervous system is like uh, over overriding and these kind of things usually don't do much. So you have to concentrate on, on, on like the bigger things that how you can actually slow down your nervous system and mm-hmm. get more in, into the parasympathetic mode. So, Right. And, and you have to create this kind of resilience and also also like practice your nervous system. Okay, now it's time to wind down. Okay, yeah. just create habits and, yeah. and routines. Yeah. yeah. What about uh, light exposure? Do you like block out blue light or something like that? Yeah, that's been stable stable for me for many years. So I have these old school blue light blockers, <laughs> and I dim down all the lights, and I, I'm really meticulous about that and I like uh, curtains that block all the all the light and I even use like eye mask and, and uh, mm-hmm. earplugs just to like shut off all the all the external stimulus mm-hmm. yeah that's for sure and you know the the idea that all oh, blue light is bad may not always be the case so to say that it's definitely like something you want to block out in the evening but during the daytime you do want to like expose yourself to the sunlight and uh, go outside and you know, have or like, use or, use like <laughs> one of these yeah these things so especially like when there's blue blue light face lamps or that's that's like a traditional like uh, I don't know it's in English but but like a bright light lamp that's okay. white light basically so it's it's uh, like Mimics. maybe a bit, a bit too late now but so I usually dim it down so you can see mm-hmm. from here so I can. Right. regulate the levels levels but especially in the morning you want to get get the signals that now it's it's time to wake up and that's something that stimulates your your uh we have your eyes to this uh, scn the mm-hmm. close just to like uh regulate the circadian rhythm clock so that's that's important then yeah 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 what about the exercise um if if someone is already like suffering from some stress uh, how how would they go about exercising? Because it, it can be like a double-edged sword. It can help, but at the same time, it can be like too too much as well. Yeah, I I was in in that uh, <laughs> research circle too. So I I did like CrossFit training and, and like very high intensity training and a lot of the things that really put stress on your nervous system. So I I would concentrate on on. Uh, working in so Paul Czech has has this concept mm. of, of working out so you're putting out the energy or you can work in so you're creating more energy mm-hmm. so in, in that sense like Tai Chi and, and Qi Kung and all, all these things that you're actually increasing or Qi life force energy are really helpful it, it might be like light yoga or even like Pilates or I would go with like Tai Chi type of stuff so you can mm-hmm. actually like create more energy not to work it out right so that so and walking of course is, is really helpful of course uh, some if, if your system allows it some body weight uh training but not nothing to exhaustion and not what i would wouldn't recommend is very high heart rates and, <laughs> and very high loads on, on like strength mm-hmm. 
Right. That's, that's unfortunately usually the case, even though pe- people like to like push push really hard, so they get the endorphins rolling, and, and uh, eventually right. that's that's uh, not going to work. But but there's still a place for that, you know, going into the high intensity mode. Like now that you have like recovered from the stress, uh, how 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 do you train at the moment? Like uh, you still incorporate like heavy resistance training and the high intensity training or yeah, I, I go. Uh, I've developed this uh, very good body awareness. So I, I go how mostly how I feel. I, I don't have any training like program or regime. I, I've been doing and experimenting with so many programs and so many like uh, lifting methods and training uh, like systems. So I I know what's really good for me, and I I I, I sometimes push myself into the limit and tests. That's how I recover and. It, there are like uh, any reflections from the past so for example last uh, saturday like uh, two days ago i did really heavy deadlift bench press workout mm-hmm. that was really like super taxing to the nervous system and i also uh, did this extreme bar workout on top of that so mm-hmm. i i just want to try how, how my body feels and yesterday i was quite tired mm-hmm. quite tired and so I, I concentrate on recovery, and today uh, I'm feeling like almost normal. Right. I slept like nine and a half hours and, and two and a half hours deep sleep, and, and uh, so. What, really, ki- what kind of uh, what kind of intensities or what, how heavy weights did you do uh, for for the workout? Yeah, so I, I did trap bar deadlift. So I did like five by four reps with 175 kilograms. Mm-hmm. In, in the trap bar and i did superset that with the bench press so i had okay. uh, about 110 kilos in the bench press i used also some like resistance bands mm-hmm. so i also did like five by four in that and yeah. just resting between the sets that i feel like completely uh, recovered mm-hmm. so, so so that was like more of a strength and uh, muscle building uh, workout. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, except for the extra bar, I went like uh, you. You have had this John John Jagish yeah. Yeah, John podcast, Jagger, yeah. so so I, I did the chest press and and uh, the squat and, and shoulder press and, and mm. tricep extension day. So that was like very high reps and into complete fatigue. So I also got this uh, huge metabolic uh, load in in that sense. So so I, I have never done these like in combination but I, I probably won't do again so i'd rather like concentrate either or mm. just just uh, that i don't overburn myself so um, nice. i go by the feel and if, if i feel like i i want to do a heat training i have my man cave in, in, in our, our apartment so i have everything there so what i like to do is this uh, kibala method of, of uh, interval high interval training it's, it's uh, 60 seconds work and 75 seconds rest okay. and you re- repeat it 10 times so I, I like to do indoor rowing so you get your heart rate eventually like super high but mm-hmm. you are not burning yourself too much but, but you get really exhausted in, in, in the end so mm. yeah but the, I, th- yeah. I feel like with high intensity intro training like a lot of people simply go in with the mindset of simply crushing themselves and beating themselves yeah. up. Whereas uh, like the most of the benefits come from uh, when you when you like do the intervals at your maximum intensity, 
but you do but you do give yourself like long enough rest periods where you could be able to repeat it and uh, reach that same intensity again because if you like hit yourself to complete failure once and you don't rest enough then the second set of that trying to reach that same intensity will be like much more lower and you don't get the same response simply just just because you're just simply more tired and you haven't recovered from the previous yeah. interval. So the idea would be that you do reach your complete like uh, near maximum effort, but you give yourself enough rest so that you could uh, be able to do it again and your nervous system will be able to adapt much better. Yeah, exactly. That's a very good point. And uh, I also... Um Many people like think, okay, training is okay. I now I go work out and I have to go into certain places. But I like to incorporate like training into my daily life. Mm. So, for example, uh, it, it was actually the same day, the Saturday, like two days ago. Uh, we went to like uh, go a little uh, downhill skiing, not without skis, but bulk. I don't know what's in, what's in English, Six. but uh, yeah, with my child. So uh, it was this uh, kind of. Uh, one hill, it wasn't like too high, but but you still get nice, nice, nice mm-hmm. ride there. So I just decided, okay, now I run this hill up mm-hmm. as fast as I can. It was very slippery and very snowy, and it took me like I don't know ten seconds. But I got this really great boost, uh, right. also like from growth hormone or testosterone boost, just by doing it uh, by the feel, and it was very fun. But I was like breathing really heavily and, and then I did it again after five minutes. So you don't actually need need to like go work out and you, you can incorporate in your yeah. daily life. You can just like, if you're walking on the street, you can just run, run like mm-hmm. 10 seconds as hard as you can and do it a few times. You have yourself a good, good workout there. Right. And it's been actually shown that even six seconds is enough to create these positive uh, changes. If you're like doing six seconds, like full on sprint, that's even enough. So yeah. uh, super, super yeah, interesting. It's a good point to like Im- implement more uh, spontaneous movement and uh, these types of non-workout uh, exercise into your day where you're not going in yeah. with the mindset of like reaching failure and hitting yourself completely, but simply doing it to uh, create this sort of a, uh, like yeah, mimicking some of the aspects of uh, like ancestral living where you're roaming around the landscape and you know climbing hills or climbing trees or something, or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the concept of like uh, greasing the group. Mm. It, it, it's just you're doing like accumulating work during the day. So in the office, uh, we have like a pull up bars and, and uh, like vibration plate and push up handles. So I usually do something something every day I'm here and it's also good for, for the brain. And, right. and, and uh, it's, it's, it's the best way of, of having a little break just yeah. to do something. So. <laughs> That's true. Uh, what about what about anything uh, for recovery, like um, something something to boost, you know, the uh, adaptation? Yeah, I have uh, quite uh, <laughs> quite a bit of uh, hacks my recovery. So so because of the fatigue and exhaustion I had like earlier mm. earlier years. So uh, I have this regime that I use almost every day. So I, I sit in in the infrared sauna. Uh, the clear light infrared sauna, non-EMF sauna, by the way. So uh, about 30 minutes, so I get a little sweat on, and then I go into like five-minute cold shower after that. And uh, usually after that, I go eat a little uh, very good dinner, 
mm-hmm. with, with some carbohydrates, but that's that's my main meal. So I, I might eat like uh, two thousand calories in, in one right. one sitting. So uh, yeah, and after that I I have this uh, vibration uh, apparatus called Neurosonic. It's a Finnish invention, so it's it's like this uh, low frequency whole body vibration. So I'm basically lying down in, in this, uh, it's kind of like a sofa, but it's very comfortable. So I have this 40, 41 minute recovery program. So I get these different kind of low vibrations that are really, really like, I, I really like the feeling that it, it, I, I can actually feel that my nerve system is, is really recovering and going, going into more maintenance mm-hmm. mode. And after that, <laughs> I, I use a, uh, whole body PEMF uh, device. It's it's pro- probably one of the oldest ones out there. It's, it's Beamer hmm. uh, German, yeah. German device. So I have a good recovery program in there. And uh, and after that, I go into into bed and have this old school Swedish spike mat and I listen to some some like uh, Atlantic Ocean and, and binaural okay. beats. And then I'm off to sleep. So really? I've so really, like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I'm able to do that, even though I have a child and wife, because they go, they go to sleep about two hours before I go. So mm. I have two hours of recovery time before <laughs> going to sleep. So that's that's really good. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, you mentioned the, taking the infrared sauna, uh, but you know Finnish people and Estonians and everyone in the Nordic they do are using the regular sauna as well. So, um, how often do you go to the sauna, like a real, real uh, Finnish sauna? Yeah, we have a, a wood warm, real Finnish sauna in, in my apartment. So I go there about once or twice a week. I used to go there like every day. I had this. Uh, it was a bit more stressful, like a period when our baby was born and so on. So I used to go there like every day. But now and nowadays, I usually go there like on Saturday, maybe on Wednesday or so. So mm-hmm. about about two times per week. But the best results for for that would be like four times per week, according to studies, combined with some cold exposure. So that's how you really get the effects. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I've seen like a lot yeah. of a lot of benefits on uh, preventing cardiovascular disease and uh, increased growth hormone and and such. Yeah, it's it's uh, there's this Finnish saying that sauna is the poor man's doctor, <laughs> and it has some very good wisdom in it. So it's yeah. been that's that's been our doctor like hundreds of years. Yeah, exactly, exactly. How long? How long would the sessions be? Like, how long would you stay in it uh, at a, at one time? And what, at like what temperature? Yeah, I, I like to go like 15 minutes with uh, 80 80 degrees Celsius temperature, and then like cool, cool down for, um, I don't know, about 10 minutes. I, in the winter time, I go to outside and roll, roll in the snow and take a mm-hmm. cold shower and then hit again about 10 to 15 minutes in the 80 degrees. And, and after that, some cold shower. So that's, mm-hmm. that's good for me. There are like different kind of protocols with different temperatures. You, you want, you could go a little longer or more times if, if you want to take it like a, like in sport mm-hmm. so it, it's actually like mimicking exercise because you're really getting more blood flow and your heart rate is getting up and right. it might be considered also as exercise going yeah. into it, it does feel like uh, eventually your heart rate does start to pound 
and uh, you, it feels like a, some some form of like a easy cardio workout, which is pretty awesome. Mm, exactly, and, and on top of that, you get these heat shock proteins, and if you go into cold, you get these cold shock proteins, and all kind of shock proteins. <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah. you want to be like switching on and off between hot and cold, and not too much. You can do it too much. Right. Are there like any specific adaptations you get from like combining the hot and cold? Because yeah, we know that cold does certain things like reducing inflammation and increasing brown fat and the heat does also like certain things like increasing your uh, metabolic rate and increasing growth hormone. So uh, is there like anything unique if you, if you do them together, like back to back? Yeah, it's the unique is that you really exercise your autonomic nervous system. So so you're stimulating the sympathetic nervous system with sauna and the parasympathetic nervous system with the cold or, or like ice mm. ice plunge or so. So you're training your autonomic nervous system just to be more resilient on, on different kind of situations. So it's it's in that sense it's very good. But mm. but the danger in that is that you, you can't actually do it too much. And if you're too stressed, I wouldn't go nuts on, on with the sauna and the right. cold just just little by little and maybe like five minutes that and people who are very exhausted they don't really even tolerate the heat because mm. because their their resilience is, is so low but you want you can incrementally like increase your tolerability of, of the heat and cold yeah. so the, the autonomous nervous system side and all those things you mentioned here like the inflammation and growth hormone Mm. yeah sometimes i even feel that if i if i yeah, like overdo the sauna or if i take it too close to bedtime then it kind of disrupt my sleep as well just because like my body yeah. my body temperature goes through the roof and uh, i also like trigger the stress response from it and we're not being able to come back down from it until i go to bed yeah the research shows it takes you five to six hours recover from a heavy sauna session hmm. and you actually will get lower hrv in, in, in that five to six hour period but after that it's gonna be like bouncing up again hmm. so so um that's actually what what demo demo arena did uh, he, he was uh, a year ago in in this uh sleeping uh finnish masters <laughs> competition <laughs> but he 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 did do the sauna session too close to the bedtime so he didn't win that competition okay. because he, he noticed that he didn't the recovery only began like six hours after the sauna so <laughs> that's unfortunate but, yeah <laughs> that's good so the best time to take the sauna is somewhere like in the afternoon before dinner yeah yeah it depends when you go to sleep so i i I might take it like at 5 p.m., 6 p.m. because I, I go to sleep at, at around uh, 12 p.m. or so. But yeah, give give it like six hours if you can, or at least five hours before that's going to sleep. Yeah, that's good. Uh, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, nutrition and like gut health specifically. So in addition to like stress, a lot of people have like these digestive issues and gut issues nowadays. So uh, what would be something like easy to do that most people can uh, fix or some, something that they can implement to fix their guts or digestion? Yeah, uh, we could go also go back into the stress, stress <laughs> side. Okay. So that's, that's usually the number one thing that's really hurting the gut. Because mm -hmm. many people, they realized when they're on a vacation, they can actually eat a more 
a wide range of different kind of foods and when they come back into work life they have to like restrict for example uh, like different grains or milk products and so on so that's that's what i would say like a number one thing again but but, but of course um, it depends on which state your gut is if, if you're very inflamed if your your gut is very leaky and you have intolerances you might want to go with with the proper like gut healing protocol which is uh, at first taking off all the possible irritants and uh, anti-nutrients and then go on from there and just creating more uh, again more resilience and, and more like a healthy function in cell lighting in the gut wall and, and so on so so you really have to see where you're at first mm. and uh, what's really necessary for you for yeah. many it is quite necessary to just to remove all the all the anti-nutrients and, and just concentrate on uh, improving the normal balance mm-hmm. and also just repairing the gut lining and that's mm-hmm. that's a huge thing i i think even more people realize that their gut lining is quite out of whack <laughs> <laughs> and and and, and uh, the more research is, is going coming up from from the leaky gut, the more we understand how how it's actually behind in in many things related to different kind of diseases and inflammation and, and, and like yeah. brain related disorders and so on. Mm-hmm. What are some of the things that help with uh, the healing of the gut? Some supplements or some foods? Yeah, we have a very good bone broth. In Finland, it's it's uh, it's it's made actually very easy. We have this uh, company called Biomed. It's been um, manufacturing these kind of ice cubes uh, from mm-hmm. reindeer, reindeers uh, uh-huh. bone broth. So that's nice. that's just simply amazing tool. Now they have the actually it's it's the world's best uh, powder for uh, bone broth. Mm. Same company. So I would go and use that in in the first first uh, phase and also uh, glutamine amino acids been very helpful for many uh, just to help the gut lining and the gut wall the cell, cells to rejuvenate themselves and uh, also lactoferrin and colostrum very good uh, widely used uh, uh, amino acids are very uh, mm-hmm. important it, it, there are many things that i would go go through yeah. and it's not just one thing of course micronutrient deficiencies are a very big thing like vitamins a d e mm. very very important also magnesium uh, vitamin b12 and so on nice yeah that, that would like require a lot of like specificities to the individual and what kind of a problem do they actually have so they the got they got this really like, complex and uh, it's really something to you would have to take like a really first of all you had to take like a gut test <laughs> as well as like yeah. your deficiency tests or the vitamin tests and then like uh, you know consult some some form of a you know gut gut healing specialist who knows what they're, what they're doing <laughs> mm, yeah I, i used to do a lot uh, i think like 60 to 70% of patients mm. were more like gut gut related they had gut related problems so i used to i, I think i've done like about 1000 uh patients with these uh, comprehensive stool analysis and also accompanied by mm. different kind of uh, vitamin and mineral analysis and, and all kinds of stuff. So you have to understand the whole body and the different kind of uh, systems 
that are affecting the whole body system. And if you're not measuring, you're not really gonna understand what's actually going on. You can guess and you can do do your best. Okay, this might help. This being shown in the research to help, but if I don't actually measure, I don't really know what's what's the situation in there. Exactly, exactly. Uh, but what 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 can some people do to like prevent leaky gut from happening? Like what what are one of the biggest like uh, suspects or some of the biggest uh, you know uh, insults that cause intestinal impermeability? Mm. Well, again, we go back into the stress. Mm. So so there there research yeah. that. Regular, even being stressed out like causes leaky gut to a certain extent probably <laughs> yeah that, that might be one of the most neglected uh, like uh, things in, in the gut related issues so the cortisol releasing hormone the crh is actually uh, damaging the, the cell mm. the cells and the gut lining so I have, re- I have a really good picture in my mind where well, it's really nicely explained how it affects. So the more you release CRH, the more you're going to be damaging your gut. So nice. again, go back into the fundamentals and take care of your stress. So, so that's, that's one of the major things. Of course, different kind of toxins in the environment, in the food and so on are, are affecting our gut lining. And when it's in a bad condition enough, then come to play the anti-nutrients in different kind of food groups, especially in the grains and, and uh, other like like legume groups. So mm. those might be really, really harming your gut. Even if you have a healthy gut, they might be doing some some kind of harm. So you don't want to be go overboard with those and right. just like uh, removing those things that are or might be harmful to your gut lining. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good idea. And then try to heal it. Like if it doesn't matter how many uh, supplements you take, if your like diet is still causing you those same issues. <laughs> that yeah, sense? that's that's exactly. You have to take the bigger bigger picture and and just like take care of the major things that are actually affecting. If you if you just think that okay, this pill this will heal everything I have, you're you're totally going in the wrong direction. So the major major things, major systems uh, first. So that's that's how I would I would approach it, and that's usually what's what's really working also. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we're starting to reach the end of the podcast as well, and uh, maybe you can give a, a few words more about uh, the Biohackers Handbook. Like uh, it's it's it includes a lot of like these same uh, principles that we talked about in the podcast, like stress management, exercise, and sleep. So, what else yeah. can people learn from it? So uh, the, the intention was to create a manual for human body. So, so uh, I remember reading this uh, book back from the 19th. It was like this big and it was called The Future of the Body. I still have it in my bookshelf. Uh, the Future of the Body was like this big black book, but it really didn't give me like all the tools and understanding what, what is that this, this human system actually works on. So, so uh, how do I actually optimize my sleep? Mm. How, how, is, how, how, how my body works when I move? What, what would be like good things to do in exercise? Right? Do, am, am I doing like wrong kind of things? Am I like overstressing my body? How does it recover? Um, what should I eat? So in, right. in our book, there is no specific diet. It's all about how you, um, 
choose the right ingredients, how you can avoid different kind of like uh, possibly harmful substances in different kind of foods, how you prepare your food, how you can store it, and just pick the best versions uh, which are more more nutrient rich and uh, containing more like uh, polyphenols and so on. And mm-hmm. also we have a work section, how, how, how could you approach your work and what would be the system that would be the most important thing regarding your work so that's of course blood sugar regulation mm-hmm. so if you got if you're gonna have like stable blood sugar regulation you're gonna have stable energy right. so we're we're thinking about all, all these uh, different aspects and in different systems and that was just the result of creating this this book I don't know if you can show that <laughs> in, in inside of the book so it's it's about 550 pages and 1,600 references, scientific references. So, uh, this this is the one book you want to get if you want to really understand your own system and your own body. Yeah, the human body. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is the manual, the the missing manual of human body. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I will leave the link in the show notes for people to uh, get it as well. Uh, but uh, where can people learn more about you and uh, your work? Yeah, uh, it's biohackingbook.com, biohackingbook.com. Also, biohackersummit.com. Mm-hmm. We are uh, creating uh, we have multiple like events uh, all around the world. The next big one is going to be in Finland. It's going to be massive. It's, it's going to be like tens yeah. and thousands of people uh, attending <laughs> that. So... Um, biohackingbook.com, Nice. Go there. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my last question is, uh, what's this one piece of advice or a habit you wish you adopted sooner that improved your body and your mind? Sleep. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> sleep more, sleep better. And do not listen to Arnold Schwarzenegger who says <laughs> you have to sleep a little faster. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think you can sleep a little faster, but you, you have to really concentrate on the optimal amount and also the quality. Mm. So that's sleep really, is yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks for coming to the podcast, and uh, I'll see you around. So, you know, I'll probably see you face to face in the near future. So thanks. Thanks, Sim. It's always a pleasure. Right. Bye. Alright, that's it for this episode of the Body Mind Apartment Podcast. If you want to support us, then I would greatly appreciate it if you could leave us a review on iTunes and the other social media platforms. You can now order my new book, Metabolic Autophagy, that covers a lot of the same topics that we talked in here. It's a collection of certain lifestyle habits and practices that prioritize longevity as well as performance. To support this podcast, you can also become a Patreon and get exclusive video lectures from my biohacking bootcamp that covers circadian rhythms, intermittent fasting, autophagy, resistance training, biofeedback, and many more. But other than that, my name is Seem. Stay tuned for the next episode. Stay empowered.